What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Stuff Podcast. My name is CJ Pierce. I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, JC Shirley. What is up, JC? CJ, I'm on two and a half hours of sleep. I've had half a monster and most of a venom. This could be dangerous. It's okay. I'm right there with you, bud. <laughs> oh... All right, so today we have another very special guest. Today we are joined by the Executive Vice President here at Northwest State Community College, Dr. Todd Hernandez. Not doctor. I'm a doctorate candidate. Almost Dr. Todd Hernandez. There we go. <laughs> we'll go with I it. Ju- now when I see him in the hallways, I'm just going to have to be like, what's up, almost doctor? Yeah. Just December. Okay? December of this year, I'll be a doctor. So by the time we get around to releasing this, there you go. There you <laughs> go. Doctor. Hey, it doesn't take me that long to get stuff pushed no, it's through. it's fine. It'll be good. <laughs> so almost Dr. Todd Hernandez. That's, I mean, that's way closer to almost doctor than any of us. So yeah, I mean, I'm like, we're, what day is today? Today is Monday, August 17th. Classes start in two days. Yes. This is my sophomore year of college. Yes. He's almost doctor. That's like, and he came on our show. That's like nine years ahead of you. Nine? Like, if you went straight through, like you would have to like do school full time for the rest of your life to get Ugh. to that point. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. Like uh, undergrad was four years, masters a year and a half. I've been doing this doctor stuff for five years. Good gracious! I mean, we had a another almost doctor on yeah. uh, Lana Snyder, and how long has she been doing that for? Probably about just as long. Kudos to you, man, because I couldn't no. I couldn't do it. Like I like school. I like this place, but not enough to like get a PhD. When I get this degree, when I get when I get my bachelor's degree done, I'm gonna just be like, I'm done, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Nah, I don't believe you. I mean life's about lifelong learning, right? Yeah. It is for you, sure. You honestly, pick one goal, you get it, you pick yeah. the next one. Honestly, th- yeah, that's that's actually probably true. <laughs> but um so cool. We um yeah. We didn't have you on the show to talk have, about our no, educational, our educational <laughs> We had you on the show to talk about uh, Northwest State. You know where we're shooting at. Um, we all we want to talk. We want to talk to you about you, who you are, um, and I guess the really good place to start is executive vice president. What does that look like here? So it's an interesting title. Some schools call it provost. Uh, other schools call it executive vice president. Um, at Northwest State, what that means is I have. Uh, leadership in academics, learner services, workforce development. And I'm also the acting CTO here. So th- another important role for the executive vice president or EVP is uh, when the president's on vacation or out for whatever reason, I'm the administrator in charge. So I'm the second guy they call. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, man. I mean, yeah. even if you don't, you've still got a lot of stuff on your plate. Oh, it's a, it's a labor of love. I, I truly love working in Northwest State and doing the Getting to work with the students and the, the the team that I work with, it's incredible. Yeah, how'd you get plugged in here? How'd you wind up at Northwest? So how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> I don't know. We got time. So um, in 2009, I was working as a vice president for product development for a local software company. I was nine years old. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I may have nine years ahead of you in PhD, but I'm way more ahead of you in years then. <laughs> That's just like so weird to think about. JC's just a baby, so don't don't worry about it. You're eight months older than me. It's not that big a deal. I've seen things, John Calvin. For the love. <laughs> okay, <laughs> please continue, Tom. So the recession hits, and I have to lay off nearly my entire team. 
and I talked to some folks out here at Northwest State, and they were building a brand new program called the IT Specialist. And they asked me if I wanted to come and run it. And, you know, I'm thinking recession. I just laid off a bunch of people. That's really boring and, and depressing. I could go to Northwest State and build a new program and help people get skills and get them back out in the workplace. And I really wanted to be a part of that. So that's why I came to Northwest State was to build a new program and get people back to work. Yeah, that's super cool. And I don't know, that that's really kind of what Northwest State is about, just helping people take the next step and get into this next phase of your life where you're more equipped and more capable to chase what you love. Yeah. And I think we have a, you know, we have a lot of, we can thank you for a lot of that. I mean, you've been, you've been building that, uh, you've been building that culture here for years. And I think one of the things that, um, oh my. Two and a half hours of sleep, gentlemen. Yes. Two and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> I can just keep rambling if you want. No, no, no we're, honestly, we're good. We're good. It's it, we'll get we'll get there. It'll get weird, but it'll be okay, and people will think it's funny. Um, so yeah, finish that thought for me, please. Yeah. Okay. So we, I think I think something for us like, like I know most people we talk to here at Northwest State, like it was just one of those things where it was just kind of just like happenstance that they showed up, but then once they did, like like it became kind of like home. Um, a lot of the faculty, a lot of the students, like we all kind of have this whole, like, we just kind of randomly showed up and now, now it's, we don't want to leave hundred percent. I mean, I didn't have a plan like for my freshman year, uh, going into fall of 2019, I didn't have a plan and I didn't register for classes until the week before they started. Yeah. I somehow managed to do that again this year, even though I knew I was coming back. Yeah. I don't know. This this is just a great community here that we really have a. We really have you to thank for. So, yeah, you know, I fit that description as well. I, I came to Northwest State. It was an 18 to 24 month plan. I was going to yeah. come out here, get that IT specialist program up and running, and then boom, right back into the private sector. But every every time I thought it was time to leave, there was another opportunity for me here at Northwest State to have a larger circle of influence to help more people. Yeah. Uh, 2012, I became the the CTO, so I came up and ran IT, Chief Technology Officer. Yep. To, just to clarify, because yes. I didn't know what that was until you said it, th- until I actually read it on your LinkedIn this morning. Okay. It's like, oh, so that's what those letters mean. Yes, I know they mean something. Yeah, it's, so it, it's kind of a CIO role, but I wanted the, the CT, CTO title because I wanted to be connected to the classroom a little bit more than what a traditional CIO yeah. title would be. So have you done any teaching here? Absolutely. When I when I came to run a program, I taught about 30% of that program. So I started out teaching software programming and networking and those types of things. This man codes. He does code. I love coding. Oh, I can't. I props to anybody that can code because like it's another language. It's like four other languages all mixed together. All mixed together. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me if I speak if you if I'm multilingual, you're like, yeah, I speak eight or ten languages. I C sharp, Java, <laughs> PHP, you name it, I talk it. Jeez, man. I don't know. I I was gonna take like a Python class in high school. And it was an extra class and I was just taking it for kicks because like, you know, I liked computers at the time and sat down and downloaded the Python program and I was just Nope. Yeah. Not not interested. Yeah. So let's kinda let's kinda segue into um into what's going on currently here at the school. In our pre-show meeting, you uh, you talked about uh, 
the really honestly the great success that we have here at Northwest State at uh, grant funding. So can you kind of touch on that and how that's important for students like us? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I started here in 2010 and, and right away in 2011, we went after a grant to try and pay for tuition for students to attend that program. Didn't get it, but we got it in 2012. It was a $5 million Department of Labor grant. Wow. And since 2012, we've been just nailing the grants. We've gotten the Title III grant, which is a Graduation, uh, graduation Pathways to Success grant. It mm-hmm. built our advising center. Like three years ago, we had no advising center. But that was a $2.5 million grant that funded uh, Cassie and all the, the people that do such great work in there. So what did what did like advising... What did advising look like? And I, I I'll, can, I'll talk to CJ about this because he's a he's a former he's still a learner here, but he yeah. was here as a student before you first all that all that I, happened. I enrolled for classes for the first time in the age building. Um, so that was when they were they were like the first time I enrolled in classes is when advising and admissions and everything were in the age building. Still, I don't remember if that, that might have been temporary at that point. Um, but it was, it was really weird because my first meeting with my advisor was like essentially like in this room of just open, like just tables. And it was like, like four other students were having meetings with their advisors at the same time. Was this one? This is when Colin Doolittle walked in and signed me up for engineering, (laughs) uh, same day. Um, Oh my word. That's one of my favorite stories ever. It's it's hilarious. Out of all of the fantastic stories that Colin has told me, that is probably my favorite one. He just... Colin Doolittle, my first, I was, I was like a sophomore in high school and Colin Doolittle walks into my meeting with my advisor and goes, do you have a major? And I'm like, no, he's like, now you do. And literally takes Sherry Ricks was my, that's loud. Sherry Ricks was my advisor at that time. You had, and, it, you had, it. and she turned myself on here. You had it turned way the heck down. Man. Uh, sorry. Sherry Ricks was my advisor at that point. And he just takes this piece of paper from Sherry writes at the top where it said like, what, like what major you're picking and writes mechanical engineering on it. And that's, that's how I ended up spending my first two semesters here um, was in that program. But like seeing how the advising center has grown and like gone from just really kind of this, this semblance of chaos because they were in this transition phase to like what it is now. And actually it's, it's a pretty well oiled machine um, at this point. Yeah. I mean the fact that they have, oh my word, that it, that is loud. Yeah. The fact that they have like this whole rapid registration week. Yeah. Like a week where you can just come in and not have a plan and then leave with a full slate of fall class, fall or spring classes and summer classes too. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, get on a plan, stay on a plan, finish your plan. I mean, that that's our charge to our learners. Like if you don't have a plan, if you don't see the path from A to B, you don't ever get to B. So get a plan, stay on the plan, complete the plan. That's something that my dad's always, my dad's always preached to me and shout out pops. If you ever listen to this, um, have a plan, work the plan. Yep. So that's been that's been super cool. Um, so those are just two grants, and since 2012, we've been granted 18.1 million dollars in state funding, federal funding, and these are all things above and beyond what most schools get. Yeah. So, so we we've, we've got a team of individuals that are just really banking on the grants. Um, Who all's involved in that? So, so I'm gonna shout out to Ashley Perry. Um, I love that button. It's my favorite one. This is the first public announcement that she's being promoted to the director of the grants development department. No one else knows that. Dude, this is freaking breaking news. They're, they're hearing it here first, people. 
breaking Live news on the stuff. Breaking news on the stuff show after everybody finds out on Stall Talk before this episode releases. But still, I'll get this one pushed through. <laughs> Push it through Just fast. So I, I'm not going to name any other names because there are so many people that work on the grants. But Ashley's done a good job of corralling. I mean, it's been people in academics. It's been faculty members. It's been uh, learner services members. It's been the president. It's been. I mean, everybody's had inputs to these. Yeah, and you know what? As a, as a learner here, thank you to everyone who has actually worked your tail off oh, yeah. to make Northwest State a good place for us. Yeah. Two weeks ago, we were notified that we won the TRIO SSS grant. So th- this grant is for the learners. It's, it's to help the learners. It's uh, $263,000 a year for five years, wow. and then we, we can renew it. But it, it's I call it full contact education. Uh, the graduation pathways to success grant that I talked about that built the advising center with the director and four advisors. Uh, The trio SSS grant is going to do that in learner services. So it's going to pay for a director and it's going to initially pay for two advisors. And it's for, it's advising for academic purposes. Obviously it's a resource to go, but it's also, we are, we are still at school after all. Yeah, certainly. But it, it's also to help our learners with issues outside the classroom. Wow. There's, you, you can't get to class because you, you have a $400 repair on your car that needs done. Go talk to the TRIO SSS people. You may qualify. We'll, f- we'll get your car fixed for you. We'll buy those groceries for you. We'll hook wow. you up with the JFS opportunities. So it's really, we're, we're building a whole new center. I don't even know what the name of it is yet, but it, it's going to be fully funded. And it's because of the passion that our team has for our learners. Yeah. Um, you know, our mission here is to serve by providing access and you know, that, that's is that on a t-shirt somewhere that needs to be, that needs well, to be, that's a third of our, our, our missions. It's yeah. kind of long, but that, that, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to serve by providing access. What are the outcomes of that service is, uh, improving individuals lives and strengthening communities. Like yeah. I can't think of a better way to spend my time getting paid to work to help individuals and then strengthen the community. Yeah. I mean, like, like that's a life passion. That's super cool, yeah. man. Something that's like crazy with that, that, um, that trio SSS grant, like that's a crazy thought. Um, I don't know. My math might be off, but that's like 1.3 something million dollars over hey, five your years. Your math is good. Are you still in engineering? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> when the numbers don't exist, I start getting confused. Um, anyways, okay. um, so that's a, that's like with that, like that's, that's, X amount of dollars just solely to make people's lives better. Absolutely. That's, that's an, that's an incredible thing to be like at a place that has, but also like an incredible thing to see that people took their time to write that grant. So the money's great, right? But, yeah. but what the money provides really is human resources, yeah. right? We're yeah, going to hire a director. We're going to hire a couple of individuals that, that share the same passion that I do about helping yeah. people and learners can go to these individuals whatever problems they may have and they may not have all the solutions, but they're, there's someone that can, they can talk to, to learn about it. Yeah. There's a place to go to like get help with life. Yeah. Cause sometimes life gets rough and just, I know college isn't always a place where you, it hasn't been like a place where you can go and you can like say, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. But now like with this, the SSS center, the trio, Whatever it is, the new center that helps people—that's what I'm calling it right now. The there new you center, go. yeah, the new center that helps people. That's super cool, and like props to our leadership and you specifically for 
nailing that down and getting a place where students are safe and comfortable, yeah. where they can be safe and where they can be comfortable and where they can just get help. Yeah. I think, I think that's something like we've, we in our, like JC and I in our sphere of influence have tried to be very intentional over the last year of like trying to like insist on that community that we've been, that like the school's been insistent on, we've been insistent on within our friend group and with who we've dealt with over this last year and like, like seeing those Honestly, like I'm actually kind of getting this is going to sound super weird, getting a little worked up about that because that's that's really a beautiful thing of like of like this being a place that can actually kind of be a beacon of like hope for people because like their needs will get to be able to be met and they'll be able to get better and they'll be able to grow and all these things. It's super awesome. Heart of the heartland. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, you know, so let me let me take take you to my why. Right. I have. Uh, Two, two kids, daughter, a senior, high, a senior at Ohio State, and a son who's a sophomore at Ohio State. And Congratulations, I look, man. Thanks. Yeah. When I graduated high school, I was one of those guys, like, I'm out of here. I'm never coming back to Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ten years to the day, almost, I moved back to Napoleon. But the only reason I was able to move back to Napoleon is there was an opportunity for me, right? There was a job. There was a career. And, you know, my daughter... I, I love her. She's like, I'm out of here and I'm never coming back. And my son, I think is going to come back. But, but the point is I want our community. I want our region to be strong so that when our youth do do leave and they go and experience the world or they go to college or do whatever it is they do, if, if, and when they want to come back, there's a community to come back to. There's yeah. a strong region, economic growth. There's opportunity for them to come back. That's, that's exciting. That's yeah bigger picture that's what i'm doing i'm trying to make sure that northwest ohio is as good as we can possibly be yeah leave it better than you came like absolutely yeah because i'm we're both transplants here oh. uh, i'm i'm from i grew up in indiana i lived in you know not here for the majority of my life at this point and when fall hits that i will have been in northwest ohio longer than any place and that's kind of weird because like i'm not from here and i've always kind of I don't know, I'm going to get philosophical here for a minute. I've always never really loved it here. Mm -hmm. But just to hear about stuff like that and to hear that there are that there are people in the generation above us who see things for what they are and who are trying to change it for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. That's like really really freaking cool. Yeah, it's like it's like seeing people have, you know, we're stepping out of an, an industry driven uh, society really um and, and that's 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 the unfortunate truth because a lot of you know a lot of those you know those kids that would have filled those jobs the industrial jobs are, are doing other things and you know more power to everybody um but we, we do live in a in a industry driven region and and so like when when people like us students like us go off we get our college degrees we go get our you know four-year degrees or whatnot and, and then coming back to a really an industry driven region and feeling like there's not really opportunities. Um, that's rough. And like the fact that people are fighting for that, not to be that way is really like really cool thing to see. Like people are actually fighting for us to be able to like, keep this be home. Yeah. Like the future of Northwest Ohio is starting to look exciting. Yeah. For the first time that I can remember in my seven years of being here, which, you know, Oh my word, dude, it's been seven years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I moved here when I was 13 and like I moved cause my dad got a job up here. Yeah. 
Me too. Whatever that sucked. That was um, that was bad. We'll we'll uh, we'll fix that later. We'll fix that in post. Um, for those of you listening, we high fived very well. Um, <laughs> you did the COVID high five. We did. We did the air yeah. five. We missed. Just homeschool high five. <laughs> um, oh jeez, <laughs> goodness. Um, so yeah, so we've like you know, and I know we're we've been talking about that. That's actually a really cool thing, and like that's super cool to get to see take place in something super cool. I want to see grow around here. Um, people helping other people. That's a really awesome thing. Um, something too, like that, I know you as the executive vice president um, work very closely with uh, Dr. Thompson. Dr. Thompson's like one of my favorite people. And I've like, I talk to him like once a week and he's still, he's an awesome guy. Um, but like, like when he came here and I know you were here before he was, um, when he came here, like, like Dr. Stuckey was a good guy too. But when Dr. Thompson came here, there was this change of like, what our intentions were going to be like, we were going to be the community's college. Um, and like, and I know you have his ear and I know he, he talks for everybody at this point. Um, but, but like, that's cool to see coming to fruition at this point. I mean, I've been here, I've been here for almost five years and like getting to see all of, all of those changes take in place and getting to see, uh, this place grow into something that actually is, you know, for the community and for the students has been, I mean, and it was before, but like, like actively, like intentionally being active about that, which is, which is a really cool thing to see. Uh, so I, obviously I work for Dr. Thompson um, and Dr. Stuckey and, and consider them both friends, both great mentors. Yeah. Uh, when Dr. Thompson came on board, our mission didn't change, Yeah. but kind of our messaging did a little bit. Um, I've always, so when I came to Northwest state, I saw it as a resource for the community, right? So think back to, at least when I was a kid, the library was, awesome, right? I'd, I'd go to the library. If you had to do research, you could go to the library. I remember going there very young with my mother and just, they'd read a book to me. Like, that's really cool. Um, Northwest State, our vision is for Northwest State to be that resource. Like, we're not here to make it difficult to get through. Like, like the quality of education is still very high. Yeah. Like you, you've got to, you've got to do your work. You got to put your time in to get your grade and you're going to get what you earn. Oh my word. I took a, I'm going to just touch on that for a second. Probably the most, the two most rigorous classes that I've had were uh, English 111 and 113. Just basic level uh, introductory college courses, but they just really, really made me work for it. Yeah. And like there was something so fulfilling about going to school and getting yourself straightened out Mm -hmm. and just like going through that with teachers who I actually, who I knew cared. And I mean, you know, the, my speech teacher, uh, it, who's going to be coming on the podcast before too much longer, he's a little bit of a hard case on the outside, but he's actually a legitimately great person. And yeah. he he wants what's best for his students. And yeah, I we were really harping on this, but it's just so cool to like be appreciated as a student. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would, I would pit our two-year education against any four-year university's <laughs> first yeah. two years. But... So, so in the classroom, you know, we've got that academic rigor and, and I personally stay out of the academic, like the faculty, they got that. Yeah. Like they know how to educate. They, they don't that need down. someone like me. They got that down pat. Yeah. Where I've been spending my time is getting people, getting learners into the classroom. Yeah. What barriers are there? Oh, you, you don't have good internet access. Here's a Wi-Fi. Uh, what other barriers might there be and how can I help you with those barriers? Cause getting to the classroom 
shouldn't be the thing that keeps you from graduating. No, it not shouldn't at all. be the thing that keeps you from finishing that course. So that's where I've been spending my time and energy is just how can we make it as simple and easy as possible for our learners to get through the enrollment and admissions process and get them into class. And yep. then I know the faculty have it from there. Yeah. That's super cool. It's really cool to have just built this entirely. I don't, this is basically like an all in one setup here. Cause you've got the faculty who know what they're doing. You've got the advising center who help get the kids to the faculty. Yeah. And then you've got this administration who is just super supportive of everybody. And that's just really great. That's cool. It's cool to be a part of. It's cool to get to to be able to trust you guys leading, which is actually a really awesome thing to do. So yeah, I don't know. You're you've you've worn a lot of hats in your life. That was a good segue. Yeah. Which one do we want to start with? Well, let's let's start with the bottom of the list. I love this one. I don't have the list in front of me, so. Well, it says here you worked at some place. And then you did things. I'm just, I'm just messing. Yeah. So it, it started your serious for ac- according to LinkedIn, according to LinkedIn. And if you guys, I don't know, Todd might not get on LinkedIn anymore, but you guys can go at him and make him feel like, like he's, he's got a lot of like friend requests or whatever. Like he is the big cheese. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're looking at your job history here and it starts off. Um, the first thing you have listed here is that you uh, served in the United States military uh, for a while in the Navy, which that's which super is, cool. Which man. is super cool. Um, you served in the Navy, and the the cap the the little thing on here, it's like nuclear trained surface warfare officer. You were you were a lieutenant in the in the Navy. Um, I I don't I. What even? <laughs> what even is that? <laughs> That's like a mouthful. Yeah, I've I've dealt with some other nuclear officers in my life, and those guys are, they're smarter than me, and it scares me. <laughs> They can be, so we can be pretty intense, right? Yeah. Um, I, I like to introduce myself as a geek with personality. I mean, yeah. GWP. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I am a nerd. Deep down, I want to work in a closet that's dark and just do my coding. Like that, that's, that's where I'm comfortable. Are you uh, freaking, <laughs> wait a minute. Okay. That, that was just a, yeah, uh, no, I was just joking. I was just messing with turn the lights out on yeah. us. I was going to say the blue lights would be cool though. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. Turn that back on. I can't see anything. Nope. Keep going. There you go. go. All right. So yeah, I spent eight years in the Navy. Um, I graduated high school, did my undergrad three years, took three full-time summers, went into the Navy, um, spent three and a half years on the USS South Carolina, which is a nuclear powered cruiser, a surface ship. Yeah. Uh, from there I went to prototype, which is a, a training school for nuclear power. And it was a, submarine so i worked on a submarine for the last three and a half years wow. in the navy in uh, charleston south carolina so what's it like in a submarine so it's interesting officers get to choose whether or not they're going to be surface or submarine uh, when they go into the nuclear navy and before we decide they they put you on a, a ship do you a tour and then they put you on a submarine and and then you decide and if I if I had known I'd get on a fast attack sub, which is a submarine that just goes in and out a lot, uh, I might have been cool with that. But some of the the larger the boomers, mm-hmm. uh, they don't see the moon, sun, ninety days, hundred days. Like they they go down and they disappear. And the thought of I that, couldn't do that. The thought, the thought of that long without being able to see the sun or the moon or fresh air is like, no, thank you. But working on a submarine that never really went out to sea was fine. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm five foot nothing and 
you know, it's pretty easy to, to get around in a submarine when you're this big. Yeah, I, I'm not the biggest guy God ever made, but I don't fit in a lot of small places. I, I couldn't, man. I'm not claustrophobic, but geez, oh man. My shift engineer for the first six months at, at that submarine was 6'3", 220 pounds. And he was a submariner. So like his entire right. career was on submarines. Dang, son. You got to be a special kind of dedicated for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's devotion right there. What made you go into the Navy? Did you do it just as kind of, because I've thought about military service and I think a, a lot of people have. And yeah. the, the thing that went through my mind was I'm going to do this until I get my poop in a group and figure out what I'm doing actually with my life. So did you have that, that kind of motivation or? Yeah, it's a, a few things. I'm I'm second generation, so my parents tell me stories about migrating from Texas. My grandparents are from Mexico, and they'd spend their summers and living in shanties, picking tomatoes, and then going back to Texas and Mexico. Um, my grandparents, on both sides, my grandfathers got jobs at General Motors and Defiance, like within a year or two of each other. And then, you know, the kids met, my parents got married and started with me. So there's there's this patriotism that that kind of fueled me. Uh, you know, I wanted to get back to That's super cool. Yeah. Where my family came in just two short generations. I wanted that opportunity. It goes back to, you know, what's my why? Like I want the opportunities for the future generations. Yeah. So patriotism kind of led the charge. Um, my undergrad was electrical engineering technologies, which is really good for electrical engineering, but I didn't have a lot of other disciplines. Like I, yeah. I never had to take a chemistry course in college and, um, joining the nuclear Navy is basically two years of grad school in engineering. And so it really broadened my, um, systems knowledge of engineering. And so that enticed me with just a broader knowledge. And, uh, back at, when I joined the Navy, their, their logo was, or their slogan was join the Navy, see the world. When I graduated college, I'd been to Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. Like I'd never seen the ocean. I never, so I, I, uh, wanted to travel and you know, they were going to pay the bill for it. Yeah. I didn't learn until the first time I went out to sea that I get seasick. So I'm, <laughs> I'm an officer in the Navy that has to take Dramamine every time we go to sea. <laughs> I don't, I used to get seasick when I was a kid. I go fishing with my grandpa whenever I get the chance. And it's not like super open water fishing. It's just Lake Erie and a little fishing boat, but oh, seasickness my... is a bear, man. That mm -hmm. sucker will get you and just, yeah, you just get tired of it after a while. I'd be standing watching the engine room in, in a Navy ship. You, the officer in charge of the shift is looking out this window to see the main shaft. So in the main shaft is painted cane to cane. Yeah. So, so you just know if it, it's turning. So my crew would hang a bolt on a string from that window, and I'd just sit there and watch it like a pendulum. I'd be throwing up within minutes. Oh, like gosh. 24 to 36 hours, and then after that I was fine. It didn't matter yeah. what happened after that. So you had, are you talking about like from when you would first start a voyage, like you'd be seasick for two, three days and then every time we went out to sea, the first 24 to 36 hours, I'd be sick. Oh, wow. That is actually, man, I feel bad for you for that just yeah. because getting sick is the worst. And like having that, it's, it's all psychological. Yeah. Cause like you get in your own head about it and stuff and yeah, but when you're in the moment and like I had a job to do, so it, I didn't let it affect me and yeah. you know, you're in the moment, you know, you got to get it done. So you just roll your sleeves up and you man up and you get it done and you grab your bucket. And did you, did you get, I, how? I know I, uh, did you get as seasick when you were, when you transitioned from the, the cruiser to the, 
to the submarine. No, so and the submarine was moored, so we never I yeah. never actually went out to okay. see on it. Okay. Um but yeah, it was it was usually just getting from the pier out into open ocean. Yeah. When you're in the bay, that's where the waves are. Yeah. Like in open ocean they're usually Cause lazy. Everything, yeah, everything's bottled up in the in the harbor. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy stuff. Yeah, I thought being in the Navy is kind of fun. Uh, not fun. It's this idea that I've kind of treasured for a while. Like, my grandpa was in the Navy, and he served active duty in Korea and just told me kind of glorified stories. And, I don't know, it was kind of cool to to hear it from someone else. And, like, the fact that you did it for patriotic reasons is just really, really cool. Yeah. That's – I don't really think there's, a like, a wrong reason to join the military. But there are, like, for sure right ones, and I think that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the – the Navy, you know, that's where I learned my leadership and people think, oh, military, you're just, you get told what to do. And, and that's, that's that, right. And it, that's not it, it at all. I mean, the, the team building that we do in the military and the, the, the amount of training and the evolutions and, and it, like you get to a point where like, you know, what your coworkers and you know what your team's thinking before yeah. they know it. And, and it's like it, it, an officer in the military's job is not to give orders is to listen and make decisions. Yeah. Servant leadership. Yep. I don't know. That's, that's something that's been, that's been preached. Uh, it's been preached here a lot, just leading by example yeah. and being willing to get your hands dirty. Yeah. And I don't know that we're kind of coming back full circle to you being really active in this grant acquisition and this pursuit of a new learner help center, I guess. Yeah. Um, Aiding the experience of learners. There you go. Yeah, teaching. Te- like, I know there has been moments in my college career where I almost just stopped because I couldn't deal with, like, couldn't deal with things anymore. Yeah. Um, And so, like, knowing that, like, like here, like, there's going to be resources for students that, that are going through similar things to that, that, that that's a really awesome, awesome thing. And, and props to you and props to the grant team and props to uh, the rest of the administration on actually, like, like, thinking about students in that like like they're going to need help and so let's make a way for them to have help well so let's talk about that a little bit for community college learners if they stop out one time so they're taking classes whether it's part-time full-time whatever they're taking classes and they stop out oh i'm just going to take the spring off because so and so or because of x there's only a 66 percent chance we'll ever see that learner again yeah if a learner stops out a second time, we're done. We, we, we don't get a third strike. Like, so, so the, after coming two different times and stopping two different times, it's virtually... It's curtains. Yeah. And, and to think about some of the, the reasons that students and learners stop coming, they're, they're true real problems, right? Like, yeah. if you're living that problem, it, it is, like mind-boggling and it, it's emotionally draining and but the re, the the reality is the resources in the community we can help yeah right we can help with with those problems and just keep you in class have you finish your degree get on a plan stay on the plan finish the plan yeah yeah that's something i so i planning is i've our already strong suit. i've already uh, i've used in, in that you know those statistics i used my first strike like like um i think the end of my freshman year, the second semester of my freshman year, I just couldn't anymore. I just stopped. I was like, I'm taking this semester off. Uh, 
and then and then how old were you? Seventeen, maybe. <laughs> um, you for sure didn't know what you were doing at seventeen. No, no. How long did it take to come back? And and what was the impetus to get you to come back? Uh, it it, it well, so it was the end of the spring semester, and I had signed up for for summer classes, and I dropped those summer classes. And honestly, the, the reality of what got me to come back was the fact that I got a really good scholarship. Like I applied applied for the scholarship early in the year before because I just I had to get the stuff out of the way. Like I was filling out FAFSA stuff because I had some weird tax stuff going on that year. Uh, and I got everything done super fast and got everything done. Um, and then I got that, you know, a letter in the mail. I was like, hey, like if you come to school, you're not going to pay anything. And I was like, all right, I'm going back to school because um, I, I couldn't like I was just dealing with some stuff in life and just, you know. And it, it would just which is real stuff, which is real stuff. And I, I honestly just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I CCP is a great thing. And I think something that like, and I'll, I'll say this here because of the, because it's the truth. Some, co- some kids that start college as early as I did will end up getting burnt out by the time they're actually old enough to really go to college. Mm. Um, cause I, I was full time when I was a sophomore in high school. Like I just was just done with high school. I was just not doing this anymore. Um, and started taking college classes, and by the time I actually like graduated high school, I was burnt out with college. Um, and so that those are real things that students go through and stuff that I did. And I know other I've talked to other students that did. Um, but that that service that the school was providing, a way for me to take away some of the pressure of of what I was going through, brought me back. Um, and so like I feel like something like like what we're doing with this, what Northwest State's doing um, through this, kind of will add to that that level of protection, that level of um, of there's not as many risks if I do take that step and do come back and do continue in my education um, that that there could be like without without that because um, honestly I probably would have been done had I not gotten a scholarship I wouldn't have come back to school um, not for a while at least that's that's great affirmation yeah uh, and I really love hearing that and a really really great segue oh yeah Todd so one of the initiatives we had over the last. 18 months is to really take a look at our scholarships and are we offering the right amounts? Are we offering the right scholarships? Yeah. And we had a team that come to us and said that the, that our presidential and honor scholarships have really fallen off. And as far as the number that we award. Yeah. So the president and I sat down with the team and we said, look, tell us, tell us what needs to change so that we can go from 65 scholarships, presidents and honorship scholars a year, to 150. Yeah. What needs to change? So the team, they went off and they, they did some things. They looked at some things and, and came back to us. And the, the president and I were like, we love your ideas. Can we do more? So they made some more changes. And this fall, this, so this coming fall, we went from 65 presidents and honors scholarships to 125. No. So in one year, we nearly doubled them. That's but huge. That's crazy. That's that's not all we did, though. So we started looking at the student clubs like esports, which yeah. is kind of new this fall. Um, we're awarding six full-time, like full-ride scholarships for esports esports members. Yeah, and if you want to, if you want some more information about that, we did a podcast with Mike Vanderpool about that. Yes, so Mike Vanderpool and Alex Cummins. So yes. go check that out. Scroll down or sideways or up, and we'll be there. Just yeah. look around for it. Yeah, you'll see it. it it's going to say esports. Just click on that one. Be observant, people. Okay, now you can't hear me if you did that. Anyways, so, it, it, but we included other other student yeah. clubs, right? So the uh, NSCC Cryptic Cyborgs, the robotics yeah. team that we have here, um, six scholarships are available there. Uh, EV Motorsports, another student club where there's scholarships that are available. We're looking at the Dean's Leadership Cluster. So 
we're, we're really looking at uh, different different ways that we can get our yep. learners back to our doors, but then keep them at our doors yeah. as well. Um, we're, we've got uh, another scholarship that we've been talking about, and I'm going to give you a little bit of my history here in high school. I barely graduated. Uh, I had a, a, a low two-something two GPA, uh, just didn't know any better. Uh, went to college and realized, you know, if I'd have done better in high school, it might not have cost me so much to come to college. Wow, yeah. um, but I was a 4.0 student in college. So uh, I've, I'm working with the foundation. I'm working with uh, a team of directors here to talk about a scholarship where, you know, you don't have to, co- it's not just for coming from high school. Like if you come to Northwest State and you take X number of credit hours, I'll say 15, um, and you show that you're academically excellent, you know, prepared yeah. and, and you're putting the work in, why can't we give those individuals a scholar, an academic scholarship? Why is it only at the very beginning of their college career that they have access to those funds? Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's not about giving away the farm. It's getting the learners to complete their plan, right? Yeah. There's, there's, you know, that's just one more little nudge. Hey, yeah. s- stay in class. I know you've got other stuff going on. Tell us about that other stuff. Go talk to our trio advisors. Yeah. We'll try and help you there, but stay in class. You got to finish because if you stop, there's only two thirds chance that you come back to us. Yeah. And if you stop again, we're done. It was like, so scholarships is another area where yeah. the administration is really focused on, uh, you know, providing access and, and fi- access comes in a bunch of different flavors well, and some of it's academic access, some of it's financial access. Yeah. Like that, that's crazy. What, um, and I, and I, I don't have it on the top. I had, I had it earlier, but now I can't remember what was, um, do you remember what the dollar amount of total scholarships that the foundation gave away this year? I, I don't. I know the the tagline is more than six hundred fifty thousand yeah. um, dollars. I think this past year was over seven hundred thousand wow. dollars. But yeah, I, I was thinking I it was I was thinking it was near to three quarters of a million dollars, which is insane because tuition is not that expensive here. And so like yeah, that's a lot of students that got you guys are that got helped. They care. They man. do. Yeah. Like anytime you doubt, just look at how much. Look at the scholarships they're giving away. Look at the the grants they're bringing in to build new centers for us. Yeah, yeah. And and guys, if you're listening to this, um, I know it might be a little early. Go go up to your advisor and and get the little yellow piece of paper, fill out the scholarship forms, and uh, and you know, see, see what, what happens. happens. How how long is that form? Psh, I think I I think I did it in like five minutes. Yeah, that that was one of the things that we looked at. Right, the the president's honor scholarships used to require a 200 word essay. Yeah. And did that one once. (laughs) Essays are just bad. Yeah. But yeah, in Todd, you were, you were saying. I was just, you know, we want to grow the scholarships. We want to encourage the learners to to use those funds that have been made available to them. And, and the, the essay was just uh, for some learners, just a a barrier. Yeah. And you know, me personally, I like to write code. I'm not real good at writing composition. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And there's some students like, like I, I know for me, like if, if, if they were to go, Hey, CJ apply for the scholarship, but you were to have to take a math test to get there. That'd be the equivalent for me as of you writing that, that essay. Um, and that would be a barrier for me because oh, it, it has been a barrier for me because it's like, not our thing. Yeah. Because like, like essay, it, the essay is my, my speed. I can do that. Um, but like if they were to do something like, 
like if there, if I were to be gifted in math and have the question, hey, write this essay, and I could still be a 4.0 student, and but that, that the essay is going to be hard for me, like like that speaks volumes, especially here because there's a lot of engineering and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that that math focused or, or tech focused people um, that are just as capable and just as worthy of getting those scholarships as as anybody else. Absolutely, it's and it's about multiple measures, right? Yeah. Not everybody's good at everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this, I don't know, this very diverse learning culture that we have here. Just thinking about all the different kinds of people that we have here, all the different things that they're, that we as a community of learners are good at. Yeah. And just thinking about the future. Man, it's exciting. Yeah. I think something that's beautiful about um, Northwest State, um, and I know a lot of community colleges are getting to this point. Um, I took one of my favorite classes, um, shout out to Mike Klink, the art instructor here oh, at Northwest yeah. State. Yep. One of my favorite classes I took, and, and something that was cool about that class, um, really like compared to a lot of my other classes, is, is there was a um, there was a lady who was retired um, that was in that class. Uh, one of my favorite people, I still talk to her all the time. See, so there was a high school freshman in my class. There were there was a, a a vet. There were all these different people in that class that like showed like the the face of Northwest State is like we are here for every. We are here for every, we are here for every. Hey there dudes and dudettes. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties when we were exporting that lovely podcast we were shooting with Todd Hernandez. Thank you for coming on the show, Todd. And we're very sorry to have lost the last five minutes. So we're going to shoot five more minutes here. Probably not actually five minutes, but we're just going to kind of summarize what he said to us. And basically we were just finished. We just goofed off a little bit. But the real, uh, the real cool thing that happened was he said he was going to come on our show for five minutes every week, and we're just going to shoot a little five-minute deal with him, mm. kind of like a president's bulletin, if you will, uh, stuff yeah. that he and Dr. Thompson want to communicate to us, the student body here at can, Northwest State. Can, can we call it live stall talk? No. I don't know. Let's, let's, just call it, let's just call it talking with Todd. Talking with Todd. Yeah. Dude, we could get like a freaking cool intro for that. Uh-huh. Talking with Todd. (laughs) This is fantastic. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, what happened there at the Mm -hmm. end of that show. Really just a, I guess now that we're by ourselves, you know, for a couple minutes here, um, we've never actually had a chance to do this. What was your favorite part about the interview with Todd? So, yeah, I, um, I really, I really have always kind of like, I've, I've, I've known Todd for a while. Not like that was the best conversation I've ever had with him um, for sure. But really his passion for the students and making uh, this really Northwest State a safe place and not just a safe place for learners, but also a place where learners are able to learn. Like, like there's such a, and this environment is so conducive to learning. It is. It is. I've, um, so I had an experience with being a student here at Northwest State as well as being a student um, at another four year institution and like the level of of like ease that learning came with here as compared to the other school that I've been attending is really a crazy thing uh to think about like like there's so much intentionality put into our experience here as learners um it's really a beautiful thing to to know and to hear about it is and just like i know we try not to talk about covid a whole bunch on the show cuz you know, we're all sick and tired of hearing about it. But just to see that as we're um, working through this COVID issue and we're just kind of 
still learning here, it's really cool to see the um, the faculty just be mm. be committed to us as students and yeah, to 100%. each other as coworkers. So those were my take. Those were our takeaways from our interview with Todd. And we're going to have him on the show for talking with Todd about five minutes at the beginning of our show every week. Mm-hmm. Or, so, middle, or at the end, probably in the middle or the beginning or the end or the end. One of these somewhere in there. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening to our show. Check us out on anchor.fm. The people who host our lovely podcast. Thank you guys. No nope, wrong one. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Thanks anchor. Yeah. Thank you anchor. Uh, yeah. So you can listen to us on Spotify, Google podcasts, uh, Breaker Breaker Does anyone use Breaker? I, I know I've talked to a couple of people If you're listening on Breaker We love you um, Some other stuff You can listen to us on YouTube And also on Northwest State's website Yeah for sure So with all of those things in mind We are getting ready to record Another cool podcast So thank you guys for listening Stay excellent to ch- Stay excellent to each other And party on my dudes and dudettes Peace, Peace out, out.